Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, making my comeback with Brett from Stacking Slabs. How's it going, Brett? I am doing well. I am excited to be on Cardboard Chronicles. Been a longtime fan. I still go back and watch the episodes because you curated a bunch of very insightful collector guests, and I still go back to them and learn a thing or two. So excited to be a part of the relaunch. Well, since I haven't done one in so long, it's basically an archive at this point. So I'm, I'm glad to hear some people still enjoy the archival aspect of the show. So uh, this one's going to be really different because so much has changed, you know, since I last did one. Um, but I think it's going to basically stay the same. I'm just going to keep, you know, interviewing collectors. And Brett has one of my favorite shows, uh, you know, in the game right now with Stacking Slabs. So I just kind of wanted to kick off. Just tell me about you and tell me about Stacking Slabs and your kind of journey through the hobby so far. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm uh, like a lot of people. I revisited the the hobby for the first time in a long time during the pandemic. Um, I've always been a collector of almost everything. You can see behind me. Uh, this is like just a sliver of my vinyl collection. And we're having work done downstairs, and I spent my Sunday carrying two thousand records uh, from downstairs to upstairs. Um, so I I just love physical assets. I love the connection, um, supporting the memories. Um, and so during, when I revisited the hobby, I, I quickly realized a ton had changed since I had last been in it. And I, I'm in B2B marketing professionally. I work in startups, I work in content. And so part of my process in navigating and investigating and exploring how different the hobby was uh, was me dig, diving in and saying, you know what, like I've got a little free time on my hands. Let me start like talking about the changes, what I'm experiencing. Um, and that's really was the catalyst for stacking slabs and how it got started. And honestly, like I'd share my thoughts about what I was uh, uh, going through and it started to resonate with people. Um, but for me, like it, the rubber really hit, met the road when I started to reach out to individuals and I reach out to individuals because I'd want to learn from them. I'd say, Hey, I follow your page. I follow your channel, whatever it is. Um, I love what you're doing. Will you come on my show? Because I, I want to benefit it, benefit from learning from you. And then uh, I think our the audience that I'm building will too. So that's been going, it's crazy. Like I look at how many we're like 200 plus episodes over the last couple of years. And to be honest with you, it's been like the most rewarding passion project that I've probably ever done. And mostly it's because it's a fast pass to learning more about areas of the hobby that I want to explore deeper in. But also it's like, I have a, and I'm sure Josh, you feel the same way through this show in the crossover, but just, I haven't, my network is global. And it's a global network all around the passion of collecting sports cards. So a little bit about me. I'm, I live in Indy um, when I'm not working or I've, I'm not taking care of my uh, eight, eight month year old uh, daughter. I'm on my phone, like all of you searching for cards on all of the auction houses, eBay on Instagram, all those things. I want to talk about stacking slabs and sort of the, it still kind of has this like underground more, you know, grassroots, genuine feel. And, um, you know, everyone today, you know, in these hobby businesses, they want to make money. They want to make content every day. They want to like turn it into sponsorships and, and start turning it into money. You said something about this in your last episode and you were being sort of coy with it, but what is your, 
feeling around just kind of keeping it that way and building up what you have. Yeah. So, uh, I love, I, I never, never have gotten asked this, so I'll, I'm happy to answer it. I, I tend to with content in general, professionally, and this translates back to the hobby is I try to come from a place of abundance and I try not to have a transactional mindset and mm. the things that I'm trying to do and explore and the brand I'm trying to build is organic. Like I literally don't want everyone to listen to my show. I don't want everyone to follow me. The people who I want to listen to my show and the people who I want to follow me are the people who are collectors at heart and the people that share in a similar passion and people who are going through similar obstacles. So for, for me, like, it's always quality over quantity. Like I don't care about volume metrics. I, I really don't. And what I care about is the right type of profile and collector that is engaging in my content. And so with that being said, a lot of uh, hobby brands out there that are writing checks for individuals and sponsoring their content, they're not for me. Like they're not for me and they're not for my audience. So I, 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 I'm very um, thorough. If someone approaches me regarding a partnership and nine times out of 10, I say, no, it's very rare that I do bring someone on. And if I do bring someone on, it's pro it's, it's typically not because of what they're building or what they're going to be building. It's because I believe in the individual and I believe in their contribution or future contribution to the hobby. I think the content gets lost when we start building for sponsors and we start mm -hmm. building for businesses. We really like the focus needs to be on the collector and the person on the other end. So um, I'm very mindful of that. And I'll also say like, I, I spent a lot of time on this. So it's, it's not like a never thing. It's a let's wait for the right time thing. And so that's been kind of my my attitude and, and approach throughout my entire journey with Stacking Slabs. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I made Cardboard Chronicles episodes for years and never made a dime and then turned it into, you know, a hobby business. It's really more about the the right opportunity, like you said. And even this, you know, the connection that we have with your show, the card ladder stuff. Um, we haven't told you a single thing what to do. You know, we haven't like checked your viewerships. We haven't gone into, into those details. It's more of just like, Hey, you like our stuff. We like your show. Let's just leave it at that. Right. Like we don't have to push each other on, you know, paid sponsorships and how many spots you have to call out for us and stuff like that. So it's, it, it definitely comes across that way. When I listen to your show, it just feels way more. It's just what it, you know, it's just more real. This is what, what you are. Yeah. And I think Josh, just to comment back on like this show, it's kind of like inception talking about the show that we're on, but it's like, you know, you, you, you met Chris and Christina and you met Nat because you interviewed him a couple of times. I mean, if you just like zoom out and mm. look at like your show and the relationships and then where you're at now, it's not because it's, you took a check because someone wanted to pay you a thousand bucks to hit their sponsorship ad and put them in, it's just not how it goes. And I just think like in the hobby in general, just like with the way we go after cards and with, if you have content with content in general, it's like, there's just such a transactional mindset. And I just think if everyone just zooms out a little bit in content creator role or not, and just think about the long game, like typically what happens on the other side is greater than what you would have gotten, you know, yep. on Tuesday or when that check hits. So that's just and my you, thoughts on it. If you watch the first like 20 guests of the show, they're all people who are 
at least semi-successful, but many of them very successful and they're, you know, outside the hobby jobs and they use the hobby as their, you know, what the word is, it's a hobby. It was a separate side thing for them where they were spending their discretionary money from their jobs and they're spending it on the hobby that they like. And then the conversation became just centered around that. And to your point, in the last two years, it has become more transactional. Do you think we're going to shift back now that prices, you know, I don't want to just go straight to the markets going down conversation, but do you think we are going to shift back to more of that type of mindset of like, maybe I should get back to work and spend my money on this as a hobby? I hope so. Um, and not saying like we didn't, I didn't learn something and there wasn't good things from the last two years, but I, I don't know. It's like when the dust settles, when the market goes down, who's standing tall, it's the collectors who've been here and have seen all of these waves happen. And so to me, when I hear market going down, it, it, you have to ask yourself the question first, is it, is it the market in the segment of the hobby that I operate in? That's the first point. I think so often we talk about the hobby as a whole when we really need to be shrinking it down a little bit. Um, but I, I hope so. I, 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 I want to buy cards for cheaper. I'm here forever. Like I, I love it. It's, it's my, it's my, it's, it's, we're busy people. We have kids, professional careers. It's like when I, when I'm not doing those things, I spending my time with cards. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I've learned a lot from the collectors um, that have been here for a while. And um, I think I came in with this one point of view about it's time to blow everything up. Things are changing. Things are going up. Let's start thinking about it this way. And that mindset that I had coming in flipped within the first six months. And what I realized, which I hope more people realize is that like the real learning is in the time spent and the experience and the biggest hack. And I hate saying hacks, but the, the biggest hack you can have in the hobby is building relationships with people who've been here for a while, because you'll like, they'll set your mind at ease. You'll learn when the right time to buy certain cards is. So I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, we've gone way too far without talking about what you collect. So please just walk me through everything you collect, why you collect it, your connection to these, you know, physical items and how you, why you love them. Yeah, no, this is, this is, uh, Man, this is content. We're talking about cards and collecting. It's just this is a breath of fresh air. So I um I collect a def- a, a couple different avenues. So I am a massive Indianapolis Colts fan. I'm a season ticket holder. Have been a season ticket holder through RCA Dome to Lucas Oil to you know Luck, or Manning Luck and everything in between. Hopefully we can, I can say Matt Ryan. Um, it's been a rocky road. Um, so I've always had a connection when I came back from the hobby with literally, I, 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 I leave my house on game day and walk a mile and I'm there. So like Lucas oh. oils in my backyard, which is, um, super fun, like motivating me. Uh, I'm a runner. I go on runs and in the morning, like so when I'm like off to like a bad start, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to run to Lucas oil and I'm just going to see the Peyton Manning statue today. Cause I want to, um, because I just think about all that, that guy did for me and the fandom and just the emotional connection. And so it's funny. It seems like Peyton has gotten hot in the hobby in a way where it's like a lot of people are talking about him because he's such a public figure. Um, which is fun. It's fine. To see. I like that at new collectors coming in. Um, but for me, he's my favorite athlete of all time. So obviously I collect Peyton Manning. Um, and so for me with Manning, 
you got you got a guy that you know started his career in 1998 and he ended his career on a different team in 2015 and so you zoom out and you think about like all the eras of licenses and products and everything in between and it's gets kind of challenging to figure out what i should focus on so for me like i'm like a lot of collect like a lot of like the hardcore collectors in a way where it's kind of like i kind of want stuff that not a lot of people that have like that's an element of my peyton manning collecting that i like so that starts kind of with the serial numbered stuff shiny stuff but it's not limited to so i'll start with an example we're showing cards here yeah you're looking over there just do it man okay so so i'll start here and this is a card uh that i freaking love and uh there's a this if you're not aware this is the this is the 2002 x-fractor peyton manning from finest um this is the first x-fractor uh ever created in football 2002 and what's unique about this it's serial number to 20 so there's 20 copies of this oh, card yeah it it dances it's got all the elements and so what's fun about this card is like i'm in a peyton manning chat and I know, I think five other people with it. So like, I know there's 20 copies. I think I know six people who own it. It's like, there's 14 out there somewhere. But to me, we were in a chat and we were talking like the Brady, I think um, the Brady sold for, I don't know, maybe in March for, I, it was ridiculous. I can't even remember. It was substantial. And so we were talking about when, like, what would the price be that we would sell ours? And to me, like, I, this is a call. I could not, I, I love it my favorite player it hits all the attributes um but i just couldn't sell it so this card stands out i'll show a couple other mannings here um well the 20 the 20 man the those low those low serial numbers that like you know it's not 50 or 25 or 100 it's like 20 it's just so different and awesome oh yeah um this is another i'm just realizing this is another bgs9 copy but it is what it is um the this is at a 99 and this is actually not the rarest of this card because it's not the 24 carat but it's the gold of from uh this is rookie from uh flair brilliance and it's so it's at a 99 um but like if you think about i'm i like gold cards like any collector and there's just not a lot of gold peyton manning rookie cards so this is one that stands out to me um just in turn, like there's a 24 carat maybe is the chase eventually, but I don't know the nineties stuff. Like you got to, I know you're a nineties guy. So that's another one that stands out. Yeah. You said Manning's uh, got, show another you one know, all the different, Manning's got all the different products. He really does. Have, he's in all the best eras of cards in my opinion. He is. There's a lot to work with. Um, and here's the last one I'll show and then I'll move on to some of the other stuff, but this one, uh, Again, like this card, I think in Manning circles is talked about, but it's the only year they did this. So that stands out to me. And there's, while the, it, there's a hundred, it's at 139, which is a little high. Um, but I don't know, man, this card to me is the, the 2011 crystal atomic refractor is actually the only BGS 10 of it. But like, I don't know, that card just hits in so many levels and like, Playing the Patriots here, which the rivalry is significant. I I actually like, 
I made a trade for this at the national last year. So I had a Kyler Kaboom, which we were together when I bought that card. Mm-hmm. And so I traded that Kyler Kaboom and I got cash for this card. <laughs> when it happened, I was just like, yeah. Oh man. And so, yeah, I don't know, like shiny serial number patents, just stuff. I, I feel like it's like the captain, Kevin Randall, he's a big Manning Brady collector. We were talking one time. He's just like, I was like, so what do you keep? What do you sell? He's like, I dude, it's the stuff that like is shiny. That like remind, reminds me of being a kid, which I don't know. I think we can all relate to that at some level. Yeah. The stuff that is like seven layers away from you selling it where it's like, Oh, first I'm going to sell my house and then I will sell <laughs> these last few minnings. All right. What else? What about the wrestling stuff? Yeah. So, uh, big wrestling degenerate. I'm actually wearing a, a Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio Halloween havoc, uh, 97 shirt. So that that's basically I'm a Mark. So I just wear this stuff all, all the time. And so it translates to my collecting of cards. So what's been interesting, if you're, if, anyone watching is not into wrestling there's been a tremendous like momentum shift over the past year and part of it starts with the release of wwe prism but for wrestling collectors most of the attention has been on kind of the vent what you you would consider vintage wrestling cards 982 all-stars um that sort of thing 85 tops to me, like that stuff, it doesn't have the attributes of the stuff that I collect on the, the the football side. So I didn't really like, I tried to collect it, but it just didn't hit. I'd always just sell it. So for me, I went down exploring the path of like what exists, shiny serial numbered in wrestling that I can appreciate. And so when I started to go down that avenue, I it's like, we all have these moments, but it was like, I, 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 I spent all my money anyway on cards, but like, I would literally like, I could, I was buying tons of cards because the, the cards were so cheap at the time. And so I'd just like look up 2014 tops, Chrome gold refractors. And I just like start buy it now. I didn't care. I just buy it now, buy it now, buy it now. Because like, I had such a strong conviction that like, these were the first year of the gold refractors, tops, Chrome collectors collect Chrome. And so I just didn't understand how much, how like the price of these cards and why they were so cheap. So I just like, here's like a stack of just like 2014 tops Chrome cards, which I, I'm going to say on Cardboard Chronicles, in my opinion, is the most important because I own a bunch, but it's, it's I think it's the most important parallel. Uh, but like, it's got, you've got so much cool stuff. Like here's the uh, Undertaker uh, gold uh, PSA 10. Uh, I think there's two of these. This is a pop two. Um, the Brock Lesnar is a pop one. So this is the gold refractor of Brock Lesnar. Um, let's see what else. It, I mean, this card's turned into being a massive card is the rock. This is the P- PSA nine of it. Um, but he, he's given John Cena a sharpshooter. Here's the Cena. So it's just like, I don't know, like that, that's my zone. And it tells the story of significance with like it being first year, the roster being great. Um, but yeah, so, th- so that's that. And I'll just a couple other modern ones that I'll, I'll show. Uh, I think people, if you, if you follow wrestling cards, you've realized that Roman Reigns has kind of become the guy he's, I can, I know you're a LeBron collector, Josh, I consider him kind of the LeBron James of professional wrestling and where he's at right now in his career is the moment when LeBron went to the heat. 
That's yeah. kind of his character arc. I, I'm drawing comparisons. He's a villain now. He's a heel. He is. He is a heel. Oh, that's. I mean, that's good for guys, right? To become a heel, isn't that good for oh, their? Dude, yes. Like he is a heel, but he's a cool heel, and people like mm. the amount of merchandise people are buying because of him is is insane. But um, I was fortunate to get ahead of a lot of the stuff and um, landed a couple fun cards. So this is the 2021 super fractor of Roman oh. reigns one of one PSA nine. This is the last uh, Chrome product uh, before they trans transition to um, prism. prism. And this is the first card in his heel persona of the tribal chief. So that's kind of cool. Then I've got the first year finest WWE had the finest license or WWE made finest. Here's the super fractor from 2020 finest. So like you can see, like that's his like baby face, Mm -hmm. big dog character. Um, And then this is an insert from that, which is another super fractor, but like decade finest one of one. So I now, like, I know we go through this as collectors, but I see the Roman market and prices and, prism stuff and i it just doesn't it doesn't really interest me the same way it did when i was buying the cards at the price and the level it was it was almost like i'm telling myself okay like not saying i'll never buy more roman reigns but like the ship is kind of sailed yeah. there's an opportunity that comes uh, or the market goes down then i'll i'll bounce but i don't i don't feel forced to go and pursue him anymore at this point because i'm really set like these are three. I've got a whole nother stack, but like, I'm really satisfied with where my Roman Reigns collection is at right now. Well, you want me to point something out. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. It's not really funny, but it's an interesting observation. Um, and I'm not directly correlating this to you. So don't take it that way. The Peyton Manning and wrestling markets have gone up substantially in the last year. The interest has, has driven up substantially and it's because you've garnered and built and put a, a spotlight onto these communities in an or, in a genuine way. They have genuine interest in these things. And it's just such a better strategy than like begging people to follow you on, you know, pump and dump type st- type strategies of like, you guys, this is way undervalued. You need to get into this. You need to look at this five years from now. You're going to regret you didn't get into this. That sort of speak just, it doesn't actually work long-term. It just kind of gives these little, you know, peaks and valleys. And I feel like the way that you've done this just is like a really grassroots organic thing. And now you can look back and say, you know, you've gotten a lot of people into these two markets and they're having fun with it. And there's a lot more interest in it than it was before. It's kind of the right way that you want to see the outcome of bringing new people into an industry and a hobby. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And I hope I can, I hope my show and my collecting and my thoughts has contributed somewhat to the growth of those segments. And, I, you know, I, 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 I tend to like uh, the people and the connection and the community that I, 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 I share information in with those groups because it's like, it's not like we don't sell cards, but our preferred method is to keep our cards and buy cards unless that card appears and we know we only have one shot and then we got to like make some decisions. So it's not like this sell first mentality because we're looking for the cash to go spend it on a, uh, a, a, a weekend vacation. It's like, my joy is this case of cards. Like this is, 
this is what makes me happy. And like, I, I collect these cards. I want to keep these cards. And we know like it evolves and things change and interest change and you sell off some stuff or maybe you miss out on someone you buy and you don't have a connection anymore. But like at the end of the day, it's like, I think when you're come from a place of abundance and you are thinking like a collector, you gravitate in your, you start meeting other collectors and it's this, this similar thread that's woven throughout each collector. And it kind of, it, it uh, it's fun. It's a fun community. Cause like, to be honest with you, like I didn't talk about, I don't get like, I'm not car. I, I, I use card ladder every day, but like, I don't get caught up in looking at the value of my cards right. every day on card ladder. It's not about that. It's about like the possession and the stories. Yeah, man. Love that stuff. Uh, could talk about this sort of, you know, I just, in, in the last like two years, I hate to keep going back to this, but I just feel like most of the conversations that people have with me are, you know, they're sort of at, they're sort of like trying to get advice out of me of when you're going to sell that stuff. What's the, what's the time to buy? What's the time to sell? And I'm always just like, am I crazy that I just actually want to buy the stuff to collect it? I just feel like I'm such the minority recently. And so I don't know. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like people come to you and they're like, Oh, you're such a genius. You made money on wrestling and you're, you gotta be thinking like, no, I just, I actually just like these cards. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting. Um, I think that, uh, my, my mindset is if, if you, if you, if you lead your buying behavior with buying stuff, like, dude, let me just show you this. This is, this is like, makes no sense, but this will like, kind of frame up this so i went on this crazy journey recently and it was like i told you like the colts make me really happy they made me really sad at the end of last year and there's a lot of factors that i won't go into for that but the like i think about the last time the colts made me really happy and it was when like it was during the pandemic when everyone's life sucked and we had football and yeah, like there was no one really in stadium watching it, but like, I was thinking about my team and I like, there was a year Phillip rivers was our quarterback. And I just think about how fun that season was. And like, we made the playoffs, we lost to Josh Allen. It was a damn close game. Uh, but then I like reflected on rivers and I was looking at his stats. He's top 10. He's top 10 all time in passing yards and touchdowns. And I hated this guy before he came to the NFC. He was like, he'd always beat Peyton. He always did. But then like, him interviewing and all this stuff, like listening to him uh, yeah. over and over. It's like, I grew an appreciation. So I was sitting there one day. I was like, I'm just collecting Peyton and football and some other things. It's like, I want to just explore Philip rivers. So I just like, I went nuts. Like, so I just, I was like, you know what I could get, I could probably get all of his gold finest <laughs> cards ever that it ever existed. So I just like, I love finest. So I just started buying everything and it's just like uh, on and on and on. And I was like, and then I can start buying his gold prism cards on and on. And so it's just like, to me, it's like, I don't care what the value is. Like the fact that I can like dude, when I'm in a meeting, I can go out and spread them all out and just be like, huh, you know what? I'm missing these years and let me check my save searches. And I don't know, it's something about, it's hard to describe, but it's something about like going on these collector journeys that if you're just in it for the money, you don't understand. And that's why I think like we talk about the hobby as a whole, there's so many different segments and we really need to start catering to those segments. And if flippers want to flip, be my guest, like go do your thing. Like it's good. Cards will pop up that I'll, I'll buy. If breakers want to break, 
do your thing. But I just like everything gets so clumped together and then we all get pissed off at each other and we spend all our time like getting spun up. And it's just like, man, I don't have time for that. Like I'm busy. I've got to, I'm trying to build a company. I'm trying to be a dad. And when I don't have that time, I want to collect gold Philip Rivers cards. So it's like, I don't know, man, there's just a, there's a lot and it's hard to describe what being a collector does, but it's the reason why I love being in the hobby. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to, you know, put down these other segments of the hobby. I just feel like we're underrepresented in the content space. Yes. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you know, people, people message me, um, you know, it's really smart that you're buying LeBron right now. Cause his stuff is down. I'm like, I'm always buying LeBron stuff. You just only are noticing it now. Maybe I, was I an idiot when I was buying it a year ago at peak? Maybe, <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's just when it, that's when the time comes and that's when I have the money. It's just, it's just a happens to be today kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, man, and I'm sure you've got this is like, people want to dig in and they want to think like, maybe it's because so much of like, what there's so much funny business in the hobby, but like some people mm. like, just think you just have an ulterior motive, but it's just like, yeah. man, like just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm collecting this stuff because I love it. And if you listen to my content, obviously like there's, there's a connection there. And so I don't know, man, like you collect LeBron. I don't, but I love seeing your mail days because like, I'll see like a Bowman gold LeBron and I'll be like, huh, I wonder like what the football comparison looks like. And I'll go dig in and just, I think there's a lot that we can learn too from other people and other people's collection, even if it's not in the same segment of the hobby that you're, you're, you're buying cards in. Don't you just love the tops finest and tops Chrome logo? Like when you see those logos on those Chrome cards, doesn't your brain just like, Oh God, I have to have that. And Bowman Chrome is kind of similar. That's why I'm going down that path because I see the logo and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Dude, like this case I have of all my cards, I I I, I haven't done it yet, but I've thought a lot about like, let me do a analysis on like what percentage are tops chrome and finest cards and by and far and the majority. I, and you've gotten in this conversation a lot. And like, I do like gold prism, but that's about it in prism. Um, but I do like when you have 50 copies of a card, it's a really good range. Like it's attainable. Like it's, I feel like when the price goes up and down, it's organic. Uh, it's, I don't know. I love 50, 50 out of 50 gold refractors, Chrome finest. That's just like, that hits me in all the fields, obviously. Yeah. You and I can die on that Hill. Cause I feel like I'm, if most people prefer, Oh, 10's lower. That's better. Well, 50 kind of gives you this sense of like, there's more of us going after them. It's a bigger community of us and it's still rare. It's like a good combo of rare. 10 is just kind of like, man, only the super rich can have these or only the people who are in first can have it. There's no room for anyone else to kind of join. I wish I could remember. I saw someone posting, I saw someone post a gold prism. It was a basketball player. It was like a, a an up and coming guy. And it was like, they were, they wanted like, I don't know, 1500 bucks for it. And I was just like, really? Like, really? Like you want to spend 1500 bucks on this card when you could go buy like, you know, a Peyton Manning or, you know, one of these guys that is a legend for, you know, a percentage of that. Like some of the stuff in the hobby doesn't make any sense. And to me, the stuff that doesn't make any sense, if you connect with it from a collector point of view, that's the, those are the opportunities you got to take advantage of. That's like the number one thing I tell people for advice is like when something doesn't make sense to you, you should attack that. You know, we talked about, I talked to you about that 
with the Manning stuff. I said, if it doesn't make sense, then keep doing it. Totally. And I think it's interesting. I know like we don't want to get into like a bunch of probably market conversation, but like just like the PWCC stuff and um, the, the auctions and what happened with some of the Mahomes cards. It's like, it's not like, it's like Mahomes, is he the best player in the NFL right now? They're probably like, yeah, probably. But like, you just like your cards can't go up forever. Like they just can't. And so like, you look at what Mahomes has done. It's phenomenal. But like, go look at like what Peyton Manning has done. Go look at what like Joe Montana has done. It's like, so I just think like we get so wrapped up in the hobby around like the new and the association and connection with wanting to watch that player who's playing the game right now and have cards, which is fun. I do it. We all do it. But it's like when it starts not to make sense and you're paying, you know, 20 X what like another retired hall of famer is that's when I think you got to take a step back and be like, is this the safest decision financially for me and my future? And so I think we're starting to see some of that stuff shake out a little bit and, um, we'll see when the season starts, if it goes back, but I think it's, it's an interesting thing I'm following right now. Yeah. With the, you know, the, the feeling that we're entering a recession or we're in a recession, that's going to make things a little dicey. Cause it's like, if you're going into it that way, what's the first thing you're going to dump? It's that stuff that's risky and that you're worried about holding. And so that, you know, then you get into like people undercutting each other and the so Josh Allen PSA 10 and TRPAs are selling for over a hundred thousand dollars. Has there ever been a hundred thousand dollar sale of a paid Manning card? <laughs> and uh, the, the so that's where I think like is Josh Allen incredible? Absolutely. Like think about his last moment of this season and a loss, like how people feel about him. But also like, dude, like let, let me show you this. Let me show you this. How about a 2012 finest gold refractor pristine 10? of this guy does he remind you a little bit of uh josh allen andrew luck so like i just i think it's just like i buy these cards because i was he i was there when he came back from 38 to 3 against the chiefs and won that playoff game at home but i mean it's just like do you really want to put it like he hasn't won a super bowl no mvp and that's why i think it's just like if you're a butt bills fan and you got the money go for it like be my guest but like to go in and roll the dice on that and think that card's going to double because you think Josh Allen's going to be the MVP and win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. That's when things, things get a little twisted. Man, get off my lawn. That's us. We're just the old guys collecting. <laughs> well, we're like, we're now like the super early phase of the millennials where we're like, come on, LeBron Manning. And, and P, you know, we've been fighting against Brady and Jordan our, our whole lives. So it's like, now it's our turn to kind of be the, the old guard. <laughs> Totally with Brady, dude. With Brady, man, I follow. I don't collect Brady outside of a, a couple of duels with Manning. Um, but like, it, the best thing for me in the Manning market is to follow the Brady market because I'll see some crazy sale of a Brady card, and then I'll look at the comparison on the Manning front, and it's like ten x cheaper. And that's where I see opportunity. It's like, okay, well, look at the discrepancy there. Let me go. A perfect example here. Well, I have a card to show. I, this 2002 Topps Chrome Black Refractor, the Brady is like the card of cards. Mm -hmm. And because it's his first refractor, well, what did I do when that card was selling for 
30 K I went and was like, I need a Peyton Manning. And I paid uh, maybe 400 bucks for this. And so <laughs> that, that, that's legit. Like it, it's not a PSA 10, it's a nine, but like, seriously, like you've got a, a 30 K plus PSA 10 Brady of this. And then I paid like 400 bucks for this. So it's like, that's when you, you start taking advantage of some opportunities. And do I expect this to get up to that price? No, nor do I really care. But it just it's I think we always need to look for signals in the hobby and those buying signals can help drive our activity and make sure that we're not only buying a car that's we feel is cool and is significant to the hobby, but is also probably at a really good price. And I think any advantages we can have at buying at the right time is are always warranted. So Brady market, hopefully people keep having fun in that and I'll keep following along. I mean the the if you're spending 30 grand you have to have a lot of level of this is an investment. I think this is a good, you know, place to put my money. And 400 bucks, you're thinking I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this card. And I, I know what it's kind of like, you know, unrealistic ceiling is because of Brady. And I can enjoy this more knowing I got it cheaper. And that's how I think about buying any card. Really, it's like the price I'm paying. Am I going to enjoy owning this? Right? Do do I like this as a as a thing that's going to be in my life? that I can look at. And it's like, that's what physical assets are. You're buying a thing to have it, to enjoy it. That's what art is. That's what all this stuff is. And it's just kind of shifted into this, you know, NFT world of what's, who's going to pay more the next time down the line. And that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. And I think this is probably more get off my lawn content for the the viewers, but (laughs) let's keep it going. We got (laughs) for for me, like for me, honestly, it's the, my gut check always is after I get off of a stressful zoom conversation at work, like what I want to go to my case of cards and I want to pick up cards that make me happy. And if they're not making me happy, then I not need to get rid of them. But that's just, that's like my litmus test always. It's like, these, these are supposed to be a distraction. These are supposed to be an escape. Um, and I look at these cards and I look at 2002 and then I think about Manning in 2002 and what happened in that season. And those are the rabbit holes I go down. So, um, yeah, that's why, like, I can't connect with anything digital and, you know, look at me, I've got a freaking vinyl collection over here. It's like, I'm not, I'm probably the last person that's going to convert over to the digital stuff. And, um, to me, like that's what people want to do. People want to go join the wave of the future. They can, but like that stuff doesn't make me happy, nor are you going to, you're not going to create content and position and create a message around getting me interested. I don't want to be interested. I'm not there. If everyone else wants to becomes a millionaire and I'm left here with my box of cards and my job that I work and my family, like that's happiness to me. Like jumping in on something that doesn't make me happy, crossing my fingers, hoping that I make money off of it seems crazy to me. So I don't know that I love physical assets. And so I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there's just a, uh, there's a difference. There's a difference between people who are buying to get rid of and people who are buying to keep and agreed. Like, I think the content around collecting sports cards is, uh, it's at a minimum right now. And like, we can do a lot and we c- collectors are the ones that'll be standing tall under any market condition. So like the more we can service this community and have conversations like this one, I think it's what we need to be doing in the hobby because 
crazy stuff's going to continue to happen and things will continue to move in directions we don't want them to. Really well said, man. Um, well, let's kind of wrap it up. And I want to hear now that we've covered the past and the present. What do you think about is next? What do you think is next for you in the future with the podcast and your collection? Yeah. So I think I'll address the podcast first. I think uh, just continue, continue to do what I'm doing. I have really been thinking a lot about um, expansion and expansion around how can I dedicate time, more time to the podcast and do it in a way that's benefits the hobby and is smart for me where I could potentially have brands around stacking slab of people that are talking about collector driven topics that are focused in on specific areas. That's something that's top of mind for me um, that I'm exploring right now. Um, I will continue to be doing what I'm doing. I'm very, I'm, I'm a brand builder for professionally. So I'm always looking for opportunities to expand stacking slabs brand. And like, I'll be completely honest with you, man. Like, dude, I would love to, at some point be able to say, you know what, like, I want to do this for a living because I'm, what I'm doing is providing such a, a need for a community of collectors that in a relationship or with an a individual or a company makes, makes sense. And so I'm always evaluating those opportunities. I feel like if anyone's spending time on content, not doing that, um, that's kind of silly. So expansion, continuing to deliver and add value, man. I'm, I've been having a blast jumping on Instagram every day and building out my relationships there and then creating content. So that's not stopping. Um, and then just with the collection, we all have our lists, I think. And it's just, we all want to look for ways that we can level up through, you know, consolidation through, um, you know, relationships. And so there are cards through my lanes that through my lane of collecting that I'll, I'll always be pursuing and it'll always keep me interested. I think for me, one of the, the things that I'm, I'm really trying to figure out for me is like, I live in Indiana. I live right next to Lucas oil, but I also live right next to game bridge, um, where the Pacers play. I'm a big Pacers fan. I love basketball Indiana is all about basketball. And so, but like basketball is for as much as I watch it, my collection is it's underappreciated in my collection. And a lot of that is a timing thing um, where it seemed like basketball when the market was going nuts was the one that the, the segment of the hobby that was like, okay, now's probably not the right time. So I've been trying to be mindful. Like I listen to you guys every day when, or every Friday and actually I listen on Monday when it comes on podcast, but you know, I hear about your LeBron collecting. I hear about Chris's Luca collecting. And I just try to figure out like, what, what, what is my lane into basketball that would make me happy? So that is kind of like my collecting exploration now is like, I, I want basketball to be a more a part of my mix and I'm trying to figure out what Avenue I want to go down. Cause there's a lot of options and opportunities, obviously, as you know, as a basketball guy. Yeah, is it like a Pacers legend or like a current Pacer player? I don't. It might be an era. It might be a pro, like an. Uh, yeah. A, a, it's it's. I'm I'm curious. Like the direction I lean is okay. Well, I like gold refractors, so why don't I go collect Reggie Miller gold refractor? You know that path. Um, but I, I I'm undecided. But the other thing about basketball is while I'm at a 
Pacers fan. Um, I do like across my time as being a basketball player, I've appreciation for so many players that transcended so many eras. So I think that's the hard part for me is like, where do I start? And so in my free time, I'm evaluating that because I know the, the I, hell I've hosted so many on my show, the basketball card community is fantastic. And there's so many people in there uh, that, that there's so much fun opportunity in there. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what direction I, I want to go. Well, there's plenty of room on the Chris Paul collector train. If you want to get on that one, it's pretty cheap right now. Everyone hates him. Uh, there's room What do you there. think about that? Um, people have been putting his super rare stuff on eBay recently, like super high end, like pop two rookie stuff. And I'm just, I'm just ready to go, ready to buy more. Cause I've just been looking, you saw my story post. Maybe I, I've been posting like his all time stats and he's just like a monster. On the analytics, like PER, all that stuff. And, you know, it's been beaten into my head through Chris. So I I pay attention to it now. And it's like, wow, he was pretty good or he has been good. Dude, that's, dude, that's like that method. Like, if you, without looking at stats, if you say Chris Paul to me, I'm going to tell you top 10 point guard of all time. Like, he's, he's somewhere in there. Um, But that's kind of like the stats and the analytics. I don't think they're everything, but like, to be honest with you, when I when I was looking when I started buying the shit out of Philip Rivers, Phillip Rivers. I just like, yeah. like I, I was like he didn't win a Super Bowl, Chris Paul didn't win a championship, but like he's top ten in all the categories that matter. So like that gives me some confidence that like yep. I'm not just completely pissing all my money away. At the end <laughs> of the day, they make me happy, but like he's top ten of all time in two right. important categories. So I think you got to factor in analytics at some level when you're buying stuff, especially of retired guys or soon to be retired guys. So here's my last question. Are you going to buy Matt Ryan this year? Or are you going to wait for the first Colts quarterback to be on the team for two years in a row in the last five years? Dude, I thought I was, I thought I was going to learn from my mistake last year. <laughs> so I was so, with you and you're like, Carson Wentz, I need Carson Wentz. I'm like, hold on, let's just calm down. You, you weren't the only one. Everyone was like, stop, hold the phone. And dude, it, to me, like in that experience, it, it, I, I learned a lot and it was a lesson and I licked my wounds and I got out of everything and it, it is what it is. You take else. And so I thought I, I dude, when the Matt Ryan news hit, I was like, Oh, this is exciting. Like I, yeah. we had no quarterback for a minute, man. And then all of a sudden we've got Matt Ryan and again, top 10, top 10, yeah, all time and very different. From once. And very, very different. different from once. Yep. Established. So for me, I was like, it was the interview, his press conference, man, when he got on there and it was a professional football player, consummate professional, looking back at what he's done, um, just what he's done for his community in Atlanta, what he continues to do. I was like, this is my kind of guy. So I have, I'll, I'll show a couple cards. I have, I have bought some Matt Ryan cards just cause I'm freaking excited. Um, and I'll maybe show, show some here. So I, I, I like to pair cards. Um, and so I, I showed you the Peyton earlier. I got the pop two, the Matt Ryan crystal. Um, so there's like a little, some yep. top 10 of all time. And then both Colts quarterbacks, which is fun. What year is his rookie year? Oh, eight. So I just got this one, which is, I like it because of the gold auto. Um, it's like, it's an insert. It's not like the RPA, but it from exquisite. 
which is kind of fun. That's like he's kind of like he could potentially be like Matt Stafford this year. That would be uh, that would be a great scenario uh, for Colts fans. But again, I agreed. I, I agree from like a upside, like what's possible, yeah. um, and then just just a couple more here. Just like I like Gold Prism, so I got his twenty fifteen. This one popped up like it and then the 2013 select obviously is off the hook so you never see these cards and the gold popped up so i bought it i was like i i've always wanted a player i collect in this card the manning has been on a he's in a broncos year is broncos year for manning but i've just never been able to get it so i was like i'll get the ryan while it's available yeah his stats are are bonkers and i know everyone wants to give him a hard time about that super bowl but that season was i mean that's the one that he had all the talent around him. He had the right coach around him. And then he just like dominated. He was MVP that year. Dude, he, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm very optimistic. Uh, if I get, if it happens again, it happens again, but I don't know, man, it, something that doesn't get talked about enough in football is like the importance of like the, being the guy who lock, walks into the locker room that everyone just like has an ultimate respect for and commands everyone's attention because of their presence and I think Matt Ryan, like he holds his position of what he does professionally and for the teams he plays for in such high regard, you can hear him talk, like you hear the reverence of all the greats and he references that. And I don't know it like I found out during his interviews that Peyton's his mentor and I never knew that. And so like, there's just a lot of good mojo with, with him. And so for me, it's like, I probably won't go completely nuts, but if there's cards that pop up of his that are fit a certain price that I like and hit a bunch of attributes that I like too, I'm yeah. probably going to buy him. Go listen to his interview with Ryan Rosillo this year. It was recent. It's good stuff. It's kind of what you said. Like you could just tell that he's like a, he's just a, he's a dad. Like he's a, <laughs> he's like the dad, the dad of the, t- of the league or of the team or whatever he's on. And it's just like, this guy's just like an adult dad. Like he just gets it. We're to that we're to that point in our lives, Josh, where uh, people coming across as as dads and not kids as athletes. <laughs> but you can just tell it's like with- this guy he, because he kept referencing that he doesn't really listen to the media and stuff, and he wasn't paying attention because the guy's so damn busy at home with his kids because he's a dad. He doesn't have time for that stuff. When he, when he's not throwing touchdown, he's with his kids. When I'm not working or doing the hobby i'm with mike there's relatable things there's something we can relate as dads with other dads even though they make a lot more money than than we both probably make in our whole entire lifetime all right well we've been going for a while i'm gonna let you go we got both got stuff to do so uh thanks for you know bringing the show back making the comeback happen here and really excited we could bring you on yeah, appreciate it, Josh. I'm glad you're you're back and Cardboard Chronicles is back and excited to to follow along. We'll see if anyone cares. I don't. I, my thumbnail game isn't very good, so it's gonna be it's gonna be just the same old weirdos that watch the show. So thanks to everyone that watches. <laughs>